I was one of those kids that no matter what I did, any kind of trouble that I got into, it didn't matter what it was. She always found out. Dickie, it's your mother. No, you never call me. I mean, I wonder, is your finger broken? Just don't tell my mother. It's your mother. 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 No, you never call me. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't. Don't tell, don't tell. Where the hell are you? You are never home. Hello, my family. Welcome back to Don't Tell My Mother. I'm Nikki Levy, and I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm actually coming to you from my closet topless because it is so hot in here. And my closet, as you know, doubles as my recording studio. So I'm coming to you completely bare. While I'm bare, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on. So I shared with you last week that my wife and I are starting our fertility journey. And we're going to be, I think, starting the shots and all of that in about a month or so. But one thing I want to tell you guys is that a couple of months ago, we actually did our first round and it didn't work. And it seems like it would be a sad thing. We put a lot into it. But the truth is, I wasn't in a great space for it. I wasn't feeling great. I think mental health is something we're all talking about right now. And it is a hard time. And I think I needed this few months to kind of psych myself out and realize we might be in the house one day and out of the house the next. And we may not really know what's going on. And it's hard when things seem uncertain, but we get to still kind of move forward with our life. And that's kind of where I am right now. So I really appreciate and I love all of the DMs I've been getting about fertility and about the podcast. Please share your fertility journey with me. Send me a DM at Don't Tell My Mother. I promise to respond to you. I've responded to everybody. We are in this together. Let's be here to support each other. Um, I love you. I'm I'm always love to hear other people's stories. So please, please share yours with mine. Speaking of motherhood, we have a mother effer of a show today. All right, all my peeps who were alive and watching television in the 90s, you all remember TGIF, right? It was that amazing comedy block, shows like Full House, Seventh Heaven, uh, Step by Step. Well, our guest today is Marla Sokoloff, and she's an actor who was all over that comedy block. Plus, she went on to be in the practice uh, for like 100 episodes. And now she is an incredible director. She just directed this wonderful movie for Lifetime called Blending Christmas. She has another movie in post called Rosé All Day. And she is adorable. She's telling a quintessential 90s child star Hollywood story. And her mother joins us. Her mother is fantastic. And honestly, seeing her mom, I realize why Marla has come out so normal. They are a hilarious duo and her mom is a freaking pistol. I love you guys. I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Here is me and Marla right after this. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't, just don't, just don't. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi. Marla. How are you? Oh, girl, it's early. 
I know. I'm so sorry. I no. know this is just a god-awful hour for you. I mean, I'm I'm a lazy dog, but you're a mom, so you're used to this. Can you just do me a favor? Tell me, because I'm barely awake. What are all the things you have done <laughs> since, like, by 9 a.m.? Okay, so... I mean, exercise. What? Listen, you got to get that out of the way right off the bat. If you don't do yeah. it, I know. Ugh. If you don't do it before the day begins, it just doesn't happen. That's why it doesn't happen for me. Those people that work out at like 7 p.m., I'm so envious of that. Because by 7 p.m., I need a glass of wine. I can't be like on my spinning bike trying to... I need a get- glass of wine right now. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just teasing. I don't even drink. Okay, wait. So you've exercised. You've put I, on a cute Stevie Nicks shirt. I've been on a, adorable. I, sh- I, I showered. I mean, that's another thing. I'm what? also just, yes, I'm just one of those people who have to take a shower and like look presentable and then begin my day. If I walk by a mirror and I don't look like myself, I get depressed, you know? Really? Even when we were in quarantine and everybody was at home and you didn't leave the house, I took a shower and I put on jeans and makeup. And it just made me feel better. It was just one of the things that I personally had to do for myself to not slip into like mental health disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I needed it. How was your mental health during this last year? At the beginning of it, I had a really, really hard time. Like the very beginning when we had no idea what was going to happen, where it seemed like this is it for us. And especially, you know, being back on set seemed like literally that was going to be impossible. Like, how are we all going to congregate in that space, doing something where we're all going to have to kiss, touch, you know? Um, and also it's, I started to already grieve what was, you know, knowing you, you go on location and you're all in a hotel. And then after work, you go to dinner, like all of it just seemed like that was never coming back. Um, totally. And then also suddenly I was a stay-at-home mom, which I had never done before. That was your I'd first always time? Been a, yep. I'd always been a working mom, always. Um, so that really shocked my system to the core. Marla, where are you? I'm in my bedroom. I am waiting to get my... Listen, this is another thing with kids. So I'm in the process of getting rid of my kids' playroom so I can have an office. Because right now I have a desk in the middle of my bedroom, which makes absolutely no sense. But... But And by the way, you deserve an office. You direct, you write, you act, you mom, and you shower. Nobody is more deserving of an office. Seriously. Yeah. So anyone who was, you know, conscious and alive in the 90s um, remembers TGIF. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Gen Z folks, we, you know, we don't want to leave them out. Do you mind just describing what the TGIF uh TV was all about, like like what that looked like and, and what that was? Yeah, I mean, TJF was like every kid in like, I don't know, probably first grade to eighth grade, I would assume maybe even older, was like oh, yeah. the lineup, you know, what was like four shows every Friday night. Yep, two hours. Oh, it was two hours. I think so. Oh my goodness. Okay, and it was, you know, all of the best sitcoms that were on in the 90s. Yeah, it was. It was like, what, a Full House, Boy Meets World, Family Matters, Step by Step. I mean, as an actor, you were all over that comedy block. Seriously. <laughs> yep, I was on I was on uh, Full House. I was on Boy Meets World. I was Damn. on Step by Step. I'm trying to think of what other one was I on. Friends. You hit Friends, right? Friends. Friends was NBC, so oh, it wasn't TGIF. Was but yeah, Friends was like definitely 
I mean, full full house was very exciting, but being on friends for me was like definitely like the most surreal experience of my life because I was such a fan of that show. Like what it role was did, what role did you play on Friends? I played Joey's sister. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I was so nervous. And actually, um, somebody had gotten fired. The original actress had gotten fired. So I went straight to work. It was it wasn't one of those things that you get the job and they're like, okay, you start next week. Or you, you know, like go to a table read. I didn't get to do any of that stuff. It was like agent calls and they're, you know, mad dash to find somebody to replace this girl. <gasps> and it was me and like four four girls auditioning for the part. And they took me that day. I mean, like that second, it was like, okay, you you have the part, let's go. And I went straight to the set. So it was one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And then suddenly I'm like, in a scene with Jennifer Aniston and Matt LeBlanc. And yeah, it was really crazy. You know, when you have actors around you that are that big of star, they were big stars, you know? They weren't just actors that you're interacting with. They were very famous people. Um, It was the biggest show on television. It was the biggest show on television. And I just remember being like, am I allowed to talk to them in between scenes? But I, I just like couldn't. I was so... I, what do you say, you know? But we we talked a little bit, you know, but it was really um, surreal and just so, it was such a great experience. So fun. Yeah, and it was like a different time in television history. You don't have appointment television anymore, right? Now we just, we watch whenever we watch, whenever, whatever we want, whenever we want. And honestly, there's something a little sad about that to me. Oh, I think there's something very sad about that. And I say that to my kids all the time. Like, you'll never know that feeling of racing home to watch something like, Never. oh my gosh, it's almost eight o'clock. We got to go. Like if you're at dinner or you're racing home from school, they just assume everything is like postmated and Spotified and Amazon's just such instant gratification that we didn't have. We didn't know. It's true. And one of the shows that I raced home to watch was Full House. And you were on that show and you played Gia, who was Steffi Tanner's best friend, Steffi Tanner, a.k.a. Jody Sweeten. And Gia was like a bad girl. I mean, she smoked for God's sakes. She wore cut off <laughs> denim. You do not get cooler. I do remember, though, that the cigarettes that they had me smoke were herbal. They were like rose hips and clove. Um and I, I stole them. I took them with me. Stop it. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, the prop guy, like, you know, I had them, like, in my denim vest or whatever. And he never asked them for me, you know, to take them back. And so I kept them. And I brought them home. And I remember I smoked them. <laughs> I thought I was so cool. I'm like, these rose hips are amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I definitely wasn't as close to being as bad as Gia. But I wasn't Stephanie. Like, I, I erred on the side of, like, you know, testing the waters um, it's funny now that I have kids, I have like a bar cart, you know, like cool, cool guy yes. bar cart at our house. Yes. And now that my daughter's getting older, I mean, she's nine. I'm like, do we need to get like lose the bar cart? It feels like very accessible because I remember yeah. my parents had like a wet bar and they used to have like little mini, um, like air, you know, on the airplane, like those little ones. And like Girl, the first thing I ever had. those little bottles of vodka. Kahlua. Yeah, I did the peach schnapps. Yes. I, I, that was the first thing I had. Like, I mean, I was older. I was probably like 13 or 14. But I remember I had a friend sleepover and we stole the peach schnapps. I mean, I imagine because you got to Hollywood really, really young. How old were you when you came from so, the Bay Area? Th- I was like about 12, but we officially moved here when I was like 14, I think. And did you live with your mom? Mm-hmm. Did she worry that you were part of this like Hollywood crew when you were young and you were hanging out with like all the cool teenagers or was yeah. she? Yeah, I mean, not? I was the only one of my friends up until the day I moved out that had a curfew. Like she wasn't messing around. My mom was definitely one of those moms who 
knew what was going on. She wasn't an idiot. Um, And she was like, you know, if you want to come home at two in the morning, it's, you know, you could do that when you don't live here. But for right now, you're coming home at midnight every single night. And, um, you know, I think she definitely worried. But, you know, I was one of those kids that no matter what I did, any kind of trouble that I got into, she found out. Always. Every single time I got caught, there was never a time where I was like, oh, slip that one by her. Like, I was busted for whatever it was, no matter what. Because you, she guilted you into telling her or because she found you out? I think she would just always find out, like, no matter what would happen, like another parent would tell her or, you know, I would accidentally leave something, you know, behind or, um, you know, I wouldn't hide my cigarettes so well or it just it didn't matter (laughs) what it was. She always found out. What's her name? Cindy. Can you describe Cindy? Good old Cindy. Ah, uh, uh, Cindy. <laughs> Wait, is it Cindy Sokoloff? It's Cindy Sokoloff. Yes. What was she like when you were growing up? Like, like what was her deal? I mean, she's a ball buster. You know, she was a little bit scarier <laughs> than most of my friends' moms, you know? Yes. Like, she's just like, she's a tough mom, you know? She's loving and she's the best. But she's also like, she's the type of mom who will walk around and like find every crack in the house, you know? She's like, oh, you guys got to paint. You really got to paint around here. Or she'll go around the backyard and she'll be like, what's your gardener doing? These these flowers what? aren't looking. Yeah, she's just such a, but she's doing it with love. But she's like that East Coast Jew, you know, she where she's from she New York. Did, she's from Philadelphia. Did she work when you were growing up or was her job managing your career? I mean, she gave up her whole life, essentially, when I was um, stalking her to become an actress. And she didn't want me to become an actress. She was like, you know, you could do community theater here in the Bay Area. Um, you don't need to like full on go professional actress and go to Los Angeles, like slow your roll. But I I really wanted it and I stalked her. And then at a certain point she was like, okay, you get one month, let's go try pilot season. And Mm -hmm. I got full house. And so then she was like locked in. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm forever grateful to her. She really did give up all the things to come here. Um, Does she remind you of that? Every single day. Yes. Good on her. Well, today you were telling a story about a time that you tried to get one over on her. Marla, tell me everything. This is a story about how I crashed my car on Laurel Canyon and Mulholland after I was not supposed to be there. We'll be back right after this. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
I just got my le- driver's license, which is like such an exciting time in every 16-year-old's life. Oh, yeah. Passed it on the first try, <gasps> day of my 16th birthday. So exciting. Yes. And um, I got a Volkswagen Jetta. Ooh. So thrilled. It was the car I wanted. Like, my mom had parameters of where I could drive. You know, it was like, you can go on the side streets, obviously. No one could come in my car um, for, like, the first maybe couple of months. Um, And I definitely wasn't allowed to drive in any of the canyons. No Coldwater Canyon, no Laurel Canyon. You know, they're one-way roads. And so I think she, you know, obviously didn't think I was, like, a skilled enough driver to be driving on these roads, especially, like, you know, if it was raining or something like that. Right. Did you have a cell phone? Did I have a cell I think I had, like, a car phone. Remember that? Wow. Yeah. You were so cool. You had like a car phone, like a suitcase? Yeah, I had like a Zach Morris, you know, one of those. Like so cool. So cool. Um, My friend lived on side streets. And then my boyfriend at the time lived in Laurel Canyon. Uh Uh-oh. Which, of course, I wanted to go drive to my boyfriend's house because he needed to hang out with me all the time because we were like in love and going to get married and forever have Obviously. all these babies. Tell Duh. me about, tell me about this. Um, tell me about this hottie. I mean, he was, <laughs> you have this big smile. It's really sweet. We, I think we dated. I, first of all, I was like a serial monogamous. Like I always had a boyfriend for like years. Like that's just how I was. Was this your first boyfriend? Yeah. He was my very first. Well, I mean, aside from like, you know, silly, like, you know, one month boyfriends in like junior high school. Yeah. This was, this was the guy. This was the guy. So my mom, was out of town. I think she had, was visiting my brother. He went to college in Arizona. And um, I was left with the babysitter. Mm. And I was like, okay, the babysitter was like at home or something. Or maybe I was left by myself. I actually can't remember. At 16, are you <laughs> left by yourself? Or 16, you'd too- be left by yourself. Chances yeah, are, yeah. I think I was mm-hmm. left by myself. Yeah. So I don't remember a babysitter now. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go uh, visit my friend Kate. That's what I told my mom. But I didn't. <laughs> I went into the canyon, of course. And probably was like trying to find a CD or doing everything besides driving. And I just rear-ended somebody at a stoplight. She stopped at a red light (sighs) and I just smashed right into her. And I'm not talking about like a dent. I'm talking about my hood of my car was so high up that I couldn't even see. I couldn't drive it home. No, it was bad. It was so bad. And of course, all I could think was, my mom's going to kill me. I'm not supposed to even be in this canyon right now. Like, this is not great. So I got towed to the apartment that we lived in. And they put it, like, in the parking garage or whatever. Because I'm like, what what do I do with this car? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. And I didn't tell my mom about any of this. So I'm, like, back at my house. She came back the next day. Wait, and you, did the police come? Like, how did you even get the car? I don't remember police coming. I just remember the car being back at the apartment and me, of course, trying to lie about me still going to Kate. I stuck to that story, you know? I'm like, no, I just, but I didn't realize what happens is they write down, you know, on like the accident report. So I guess there was police where this, oh no, what am I talking about? I rear-ended somebody. So I have somebody else's damage to deal with. Yeah. And my mom's like, I'm still going with this like story that it wasn't in Laurel Canyon, you know? And my mom, she's like looking at all the information and she's like, um, hello, this says that it's on Laurel Canyon and Mulholland. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, it does? Oh. Huh. That's interesting. Um, And then, I mean, I just had to cop to it, obviously. Because so you, I, you, 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 you told her? 
Yeah, but this was after like me, Ugh. her like looking at the car and me being like, yeah, so this is where it happened. I mean, I'm just bold face lying to her about this story, like not even pretending I was anywhere else. And then she's just like, hello, are you seeing where it says the accident was? Oh my God. What did you tell her? And we're going to have to have her weigh in on this, but I'm pretty sure, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure I just was like, well, I clearly was in Laurel Canyon. And I wasn't going to Kate's house after all. I was lying to you completely. And yeah. And then it took like a month for them to fix my car because it was that badly damaged. So I didn't even have a car again for like a whole other month after getting my license. I think I had had my license for maybe two weeks. So that was like the first time of like really being, I mean, not the first time, one of many times of being caught doing, you know, like a bold face lie to my mom's face. Did she punish you? I think so. I got punished for everything. I mean, like I, I always would be like grounded, you know, like you're going to school and then you're coming home and that's about it. That's all you get to do. But I feel like all of my punishments just kind of like blended together to be completely honest with you. And um, maybe I- she'll have more specifics as to how long that that one lasted. And you bought this car on your own or your mother bought mm-hmm. it for you? I did. I got I got it all on my own. Yes, full house car. <laughs> it's so crazy, by the way, Marla, because I remember the full house Gia episode. You know what I'm going to say, right? Oh, the car one? Yes. Stephanie's wild ride. Yeah, totally. Where that was a very you, traumatic episode. You rode in a car with the boys and had a car yep. accident. Yep. We're in the car and had a car accident. Yep. Then I was on Seventh Heaven and the same thing happened and my character died. <gasps> yeah. Was this before or after the accident in real life? It must have been before. Oh, way before. Yeah. I definitely didn't have my driver's license yet. Oh my God. I was probably like 15, 14 or 15. Yeah. Dude. I know. So tragic. I mean, so that's much like li- not the dying, God forbid. But that's, that's very much life imitating art. Because that episode in Full House was epic. It was. It was. Oh my gosh, we had the biggest crush on those boys. Like, literally, Jody and I were like such a mess that whole week. We were like, oh my God, there's cute boys on set. <gasps> Yay. It was so, like, so much scandal going on that week. We were like, oh. were you flirting with them in real life? Oh my gosh, totally. We were like, these boys are the best. And then we got to go to like Griffith Park and like film all of that driving stuff, you know? So we got to be on location which we didn't get to do very often on that show. It was really exciting. Oh, my God. Do you remember the makeout party episode? Yes, of course I do. We had to make out with boys. It was so scandalous. Was that your first time making out with boys? Or it boys? must have been my first time. Whoa. Must have been. I wonder if your mom remembers that. wonder what she thought of that. I know. I don't think I ever talked to her about that, but she definitely remembers. I mean, she was there. Marlo, we have a lot to talk to Cindy Sokoloff about today. <laughs> Let's call your mother. Hi, Zoom Queen. Hi, how's everybody? <laughs> oh, I have a barking dog you can see down here at the... Hope Mom, it's a podcast. Me. We can't have a barking dog. Simon, no barks. <laughs> Uh, he'll listen real good. Okay. Sydney, I'm just so happy to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And uh, you too, young lady. <laughs> hi, nice to meet you. Ah. Do you guys know each other? Marla, Cindy, Cindy, Marla. Years worth. I know hi. her from some places as, you know, her womb. I've seen her around. I've seen her around. Yes, exactly. So, Cindy, uh, Marla 
told us a story today, and I, I just want to get your perspective on this. Okay. Okay, mom, do you remember, I think you were visiting Jared in Arizona for like parents weekend or something. And do you remember when I had just first gotten my driver's license and I wasn't supposed to be driving in the canyons? And I'm not sure if you remember what happened in Laurel Canyon, but I rear-ended somebody. Do you remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> you do? Wait, what is your what is your take of this? You know, my take on this was um, that every kid that has ever had their first car and their first car accident goes through the trauma of knowing, or we know as parents, that they're going to eventually have a, some sort of an accident. We always pray that it's just a fender bender and that they're okay. So yes, I wasn't thrilled about her lying to me, but <laughs> I was grateful that she wasn't injured. You know, so yeah, I guess... I have to really say that I'm one of the lucky ones that Marla um, was actually a really good kid growing up. Hmm. Thanks, Mom. You know, there are other things that she knows that we're talking about that she could have probably have brought to the table. Um, what? Well, just 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 silly things like, um, you know, being with people that maybe she shouldn't have been around at the time. And tell me, yeah, I had actually been out of town and left Marla with, with what I thought was a reliable gal. <laughs> and, you know, she basically was one of the crew, you know, I didn't know that she wasn't, she didn't have much, uh, level headedness as much as I would have liked for her to have. But one night Marla went out and, and they were in a car with a bunch of A-listers at the time. And <laughs> I was in so, an A-lister. I was definitely on the D-list. We're not mentioning any names. And uh, she just uh, was involved <laughs> with, with something that she shouldn't have been involved with. But unbeknownst to her, they were carrying drugs, you know, just, you know, in the car. And let's do this and let's do that. And. You know, and then I don't know. Were the cops following you guys or something? No, they they flipped the car. Oh, okay. Well, maybe wait, wait, wait. finish that story. I didn't wait, know about the flipping of the car. Wait, Marla, were you in the car? No, Mom, you're not remembering. Okay. I wasn't in the car. I was at my apartment that I lived in with you. Oh, that's and, right. Okay. And they were coming to my house to hang out. And they got in a car accident. And they had drugs on them. And you thought because they were coming to the house that I was going to do the drugs, but I didn't know they had drugs. Right, and then you didn't believe me right, because that right. does sound a little bit like a BS story where you're like, I wasn't going to do the drugs, but I really, really wasn't. And then you grounded me for a whole month and I didn't get to go to No Doubt. Yes. And I'm not over it. Yes. Wait, how did you find out that they were coming over with the drugs? Cindy? How did I find out? Because the parents all had like a meeting. Oh, yeah. It came from one of the moms. And I just, she told me, I just, you know, hit the roof. You know, this was at a time when drugs were pretty rampant with, with uh, you know, the kids in the industry. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah. Marla pretty much, I'm sure she did a few little, little things, but nothing that would have gotten her, you know, out of control. I don't think. 
I could be wrong now. I've literally never done drugs in my life aside from smoking pot. Yeah. I swear. Yeah. Did people find out about the other people who got in trouble with the drugs? No. That I think never got they out. threw it out the car window. Wasn't that what you said, <gasps> yeah. Marla? Yes. I think at that time they threw it out the car window. I'm impressed, honestly, that Marla was in Hollywood at such a young, like, impressionable age and did yeah. not get into, like, and is is a woman who showers every day. This is impressive <laughs> to me. Growing up, Marla was always uh, messy in her room and I always worried about, because I would clean up, you know, it was like, I was the mom, that's my job, I make the beds every day, and Marla was a total mess. I mean, she was a mess. Her, especially the bathroom and the makeup and the this and the, I mean, and I worry and I fear for her because how is she going to eat and survive? How is she going to find a husband, this woman? <laughs> just kidding. This you know, more pathetic child of mine. She turned that around and she is the most amazing, amazing cook. Thanks, mom. I mean, seriously, she could not boil an egg. I'm not kidding you. Cereal was her forte. That was it. And now she cooks <laughs> I make great cereal, guys. Things. Great cereal. Marla, how are you turning into your mother? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Those eyes just bolt right open. I told her the other well, day and I said, you know, we all turn into our mothers. I see it in myself. You know, we all turn into our mothers no matter how much we don't want to do it. Marla, so how are you like your mother? Let's hear this. I mean, I think like, you know, certain things that come out of your mouth, you're like, oh, Gosh, I saw that sounds that's something my mother would say, you know, like I think that, you know, when you're like screaming at your kids, you're like, oh, gosh, I sound like my mother. Um, What do you think, mom? I think that you're a great mom. (laughs) That's true. I'm a great mom like you. And and I think (laughs) that I put all my time and energy. Sorry about the dog. All my time and energy, you know, raising kids and in order uh, to have great kids you know, you got to be a great mom. And, yeah. um, I think well, that's what I was also saying mom. to Nikki, mom, we were talking about, you know, professionalism and she was asking me, you know, I was saying that over the past couple of years, you know, I've really realized as a director, like professionalism on set. And she said, well, how do you, how, how did you become professional, you know, and know to be, pro-? and I said, there wasn't a time in my life where I wasn't professional on set or wasn't on time or any of that. And I don't think I ever was taught that. It was just like a learned behavior that I got. I from do you, remember, you know? I do remember saying to you all the time, and I'm sure you'll, you'll vouch for this. One of the things is I taught Marla how to be respectful to people around her. You know, I always said to her one thing, always pick up your clothes, put them on the hanger. Do not leave <laughs> she the did. set. And I see we- actors with their clothes on the floor and it does always make me think of you. I'm like, <gasps> they didn't hang up their clothes. And I've taught her that, and and that's one thing that, you know, res- be respectful to the people around you. And I really believe that she does do that. No, yeah, that's so. a great, that's a great, w- would she not have done that naturally? Or do you think that was just in no, her? No, she would not have done that naturally. Marla, you could leave her clothes all over the dressing room. I didn't care if she didn't do it I probably it wouldn't have hung up my clothes. But my mom actually made me hung up, hang up my clothes. She, she would couldn't leave the like, set until the clothes were hung up. And I wouldn't hang them up. She had to do it herself. I mean, I think that is a fabulous lesson. You know, it's those, it's like a small thing that actually is is a big thing. Well, that you know, what you used to say is don't shit on the people on the way up because you might see them again on your way down. That's correct. That's what you used to say. This is so interesting because mm. my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, myself, and my daughter, we all cursed. And we all grew up with cursing, okay, in the home. So proud to pass this down to my kids. Yes. 
And, you know, <laughs> words are powerful. And, and I just, to me, I don't have a problem when they're, well, when they're my grandkids age, I, I do. But I don't yeah. have a problem because they're just words and they yes. get out the anger and they get out your emotions Amen. and, and then, then it's done. I mean, a hundred percent. I love to end every show with, since, you know, it's don't tell my mother, Marla, what you love most about your mother and Cindy, what you love most about your Marla. Oh, what I love the most about my mother is she keeps it real all the time. She loves so big. And um, I love that she's my mom. Oh, Cindy, now you have to top that. What I love most about my daughter is she's humble. Mm. She stays humble. She is not... Um, She's just not a, well, she is my princess, but I do think that she is humble and bright and smart and funny Mm -hmm. and has just turned into this amazing young woman. And on that, I'm going to end that because it's true. Thanks, Well, fuck. (laughs) Well, and she can be a bitch. Yes. You you asshole. Yes. There you go. Thank you so much. Cindy, thanks for joining from Arizona. Thanks, Mom. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. If it's not one thing, it's it's your your mother. mother. Thank you for listening, my family. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, follow us at Don't Tell My Mother and at Nikki Levy and drop us a DM. Tell me what's up with your own fertility journey. What's up with your story? What's up with your mom? What's up with your mental health? And please, please, please on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really, really helps us get this podcast out there. And I promise you, I love to read them on the toilet. Thank you so much. We love you. Don't forget our moms know how to push our buttons because they're the ones who installed them. Don't Tell My Mother is created, hosted, and executive produced by Nikki Levy, my daughter. The show is executive produced by John Cryer. Oh my God, I love him. And Lisa Joyner and Jody Zuckerman Weiner at Discount Sushi. Our producer is Liza Glukoff. Co-producer, Andrew Condon. Mixed and edited by Donovan Bullen. Theme song by Donovan Bullen and Joe McKenzie. Distributed by Acast. Now go call your mothers. Just don't, just don't, just don't. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.